I don't want to hear, oh, you played you played some hard games in a row. So, you know, eventually it was going to catch you. I don't want to hear that San Francisco had 10 days of rest. I don't want to hear any of the built-in bullshit excuses that people are going to come up, for, uh, come up with for this game. What happened today was the 49ers just absolutely proved without a shadow of any doubt that they are the superior team. That wasn't a beating. That was an ass-kicking. It was an absolute all-time ass-kicking. They scored touchdowns. I'm not counting the last play uh, series of the game when they got the ball with two minutes left and they were just literally taking knees. They scored touchdowns on their final six possessions of the game. Five of which were over 70 yards. I believe over 75 yards. The last one being 40, what, eight yards because we had to kick an onside kick in the fourth quarter. This was the most pathetic I've ever seen the defense play. And I mean, you could go back to the, the Patrick Mahomes game in 21 against the Chiefs when we gave up touchdowns on seven of eight possessions. This is worse because that team was not really an, an you know, a Super Bowl caliber team. This one is. The Eagles lost to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, pretty much, what was the final score? I think it was 7 million for the 49ers and 5 for the Eagles. It might say 42 to 19, but it was really like... It, it, let's go over. You know what? You want the five reasons why the Eagles lost in epic fashion to the 49ers? And by the way, I'm going to say this is the fifth reason. It's truthfully, like, you know what I mean? I don't even want it because they really didn't have an impact. I mean, the the officials were horrible. You know, this whole this bullshit about the Eagles having the officials in their back pocket, which is the dumbest narrative that I'd ever heard in my entire life. Well, today, th that was proven false because there were about three or four pass interference calls that should have been made in this game that were not. That's first and foremost. That's not an excuse. That is a fact. There were missed blatantly uh, blatantly missed pass interference calls deep down the field for the Eagles in this game. Let's just get that out there. You can address it. We can, we can acknowledge that the 49ers were the superior team. They're the better team. Absolutely. But we can also acknowledge the fact that the referees in this game sucked. They sucked. Was Blankenship held on the Samuel touchdown? Sure was. I thought the 49ers had the, uh, again, they were the better team and the officials were siding their way for a majority of the game as well. Moving on, though, let's now go into the four reasons why, or the, the more important reasons why, as to why the Eagles did lose this game. Uh, first and foremost, let's start at four with our defensive line. They suck. They have, I've, and you know what's funny? If you've listened to me all season, you would know that I've been saying this, that they're an overrated unit. They don't get consistent pressure on the quarterback. I watched Dallas play the other night on Thursday against Seattle. And I'm not sitting here trying to say that Seattle's offensive line is the caliber of San Francisco's. But... Coming into this game, all you heard is, well, San Francisco's offensive line is a little eh. Well, guess what? It looked like they had five uh, Hall of Famers right uh, lined up across from us because for the, like, the 90th game in a row where the Eagles get these cheap sacks, you know what I mean? They get a sack here and there, but they don't get pressure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I watched Dallas against Seattle just constantly get pressure. 
Geno Smith was off his spot all game. Brock Purdy was not off his spot at all in this game. It was easy money. It's just easy money. This defensive line that they've spent so much money on is an absolute waste. I mean, really, and we're going to get more into the defensive line and one player in particular, but I mean, again, there's just not consistent pressure. They don't win. They don't win one-on-ones. So again, when you have a terrible secondary, terrible linebackers, and you're, you're, no, all your money's built into your defensive line, and they're just goose eggs for a majority, for literally, they'll get the occasional sack. But it's not like, it's a fake sack in that because they don't have like, okay, if they get five sacks in a game, those are like their only five wins of the game. They're not moving the quarterback off his spot consistently. That's what you really want, right? That's what you hear. Pressures, pressures. And you'll go and tell me, oh, this guy has so many pressures this year. I watch every game. I don't know where those numbers come from, and I don't know how they're derived, but I do know this for a fact. The Eagles defensive line is absolutely criminally overrated. Third reason why, Reed Blankenship. He was awful. Again, missing tackles. I mean, I, I just highlighted the holding penalty, but I mean, in general, I mean, where do the Eagles suck? They suck in the middle of the field, number one. And we're seeing why. And today they got gashed on anything outside of the um, tackles in terms of running the football, which ends up coming down to where are your safeties? And you can put Bayard in there too. You, uh, where are your linebackers, who we're going to talk about in a second? But Reed Blankenship was just, I mean, he missed more tackles today than I could ever recall with him. He simply was not good enough. That's the truth. He was not good enough. And And we're in a spot now where, again, there is no answer here, by the way, to everybody. Like, I, I th- this ain't getting better. This is what they are. It, Reed Blankenship being a liability, he's going to continue to be a liability. They got nobody that they could put in. You know what I mean? You want to look at Eli Ricks, for instance. He got torched today as a slot corner. He's playing inside. He's playing outside. It's like every time he played, whatever route he was trying to play for, San Francisco called the perfect one against it. And they went at him. And they won. You know, Brock Purdy, that guy, everybody, he's excellent. He's not just a good quarterback. He's an excellent quarterback. This whole, oh, he's a seventh rounder. He could turn the ball. He's he's excellent. He's an incredibly good football player. I don't want to hear about, oh, he's this system. It's not this system. He's an excellent player. He torched the Eagles today. He found our weaknesses, and he went at them nonstop. And he made throws on Slay, too, by the way. It wasn't like it was just finding the bogeys on our defense and going at them. No, he made play after play after play today. Second reason why. Um, Josh Sweat, he is a problem. I'm telling you. That offsides on the first drive, or before they scored their first touchdown, it's going to be 3-3. Or 6-3, I'm so sorry. 6-3. He jumps off. He's lined up in the neutral zone. Every game with Josh Sweat, he incurs an offsides penalty. In this one, he had two. Two. One would have been a third and five, it would have been. He goes offsides to get a second and five. Makes it a lot easier for them. But this one literally was a four-point penalty. I can't take it with Josh Sweat anymore. It's every game. He does not produce enough. We could talk about the Cowboys sack all you want, and hey, that was a one and That's the thing, though. He's a flash play. I know, oh, if you watch him on film, he does a lot of things so well. He plays. I'm not sitting here saying he's a scrub. I'm not saying that. But I am saying this. If it comes to it, I there's no. How do you pay somebody like Josh Sweat? When he's consistently doing dumb things. He's consistently making penalties. 
and these are point costing penalties. I, I just can't take it. He doesn't get enough pressure on the quarterback. He doesn't create enough sack. Like, again, that's what it is. He has a splash play here and there. Where is he the other 97% of the game? That's what I'd ask. Is he consistently wreaking havoc? No. He has a splash play. He makes the occasional play, which is great. I'm not sitting here, like I said, that's not me calling you a scrub. He makes an, uh, an occasional play. But by no means in any stretch of any imagination is he a guy where throughout the game you got to pay attention to where he's at. No team is like, oh man, we got to watch Sweat this week. But the number one reason why they lost is because Nicholas Morrow and Christian Ellis are absolutely not starting players in the NFL. They have the worst linebacker crew in the entire league. All those people out there, right? Remember when y'all wanted Nicobe Dean on the bench? Let me give you a spoiler. Nicobe Dean is 7 million times better than both of those guys. It ain't close. They can't play. They were picked apart. They could not handle play action. They could not handle motion. They were two guys lost in space. They could not fill any tackles. Christian McCaffrey, it was second and it felt like it was second and one literally consistently throughout the game. Outside of the first play of the game where Christian Ellis made a play, he did not make another play the rest of the game. He, he might as well have not played. In fact, him not playing might have been better for the Eagles. And I know everybody's going to be on the Shaq Leonard. Oh, we need him now. We need it's because you want anybody but those two guys. You found out today how good Zach Cunningham is. Like he he's an excellent player. We need him back in the worst way. Because let me give you a spoiler. If these two guys are the starting uh, linebackers next week against Dallas, wrap it up. This uh, defensive touchdowns uh, giving up thing is going to continue going on. I don't envision the Cowboys will punt. And I mean that. I don't think they'll punt if Christian Ellis and Nicholas Moore are the linebackers. They're horrible. And God bless him. I don't. I'm not even. This isn't designed to take shots at Christian Ellis and, and, and Nicholas Morrow. By no means. They're backup players. We cut Nicholas Morrow at the end of the preseason. You know, Christian Ellis is on this team because he's a special teams ace. They're not starters. There's a wide gap between them and being starters. But this goes to this to the Eagles ignoring the linebacker position. Listen, everybody who listened to me last year knows I wasn't the biggest fan of TJ Edwards. I thought he was a solid player. I did not think he was a special player. I would give anything to have TJ Edwards back as a, as a linebacker on this team. I watched him play the other night with, with Chicago. He's faster than ever. I would give anything to have him back. I'd give anything to have Kaiser White back. And it makes me wonder why the Eagles didn't inquire about potentially making a trade for those two guys at the uh, a couple weeks ago. Because think about this. It's not like the Bears or Cardinals or anything special. This linebacking core is a problem. And it's gonna, again, it doesn't get better. Because here's the thing. Dean's pretty much done for the year, I think. Right? Cunningham, I have no idea what the hamstring. Sure, if, the, if Jack Leonard comes in, he starts. That's not, it's not even a debate. This whole, oh, would he play over more? He's playing over Nicholas Morrow, 100%. 1 million percent. The problem is him and Cunningham are more or less run defenders. They're not excellent in the pass, but here's my thing. Nicholas Morrow and Christian Ellis cannot defend the pass either. At all. So at least put two guys out there that I know could stop the run because these two guys couldn't even stop the run. Like, we got gashed with running the football today. And what was the one difference? 
we had two new linebackers on the field. Our secondary is bad. Our linebackers are all-time abysmal. Our defensive line is incredibly overrated. I don't even blame Sean Desai. I can't even get on him for it because I'm watching him. Like He is dialing up cover zero here and there. He's doing things to try to make this. He, he was manufacturing pressure. He was trying to do it. Nothing worked. And if you got them to third and seven, Brock Purdy just hit an out route. That was it. I mean, it, this was the easiest money game I've ever watched in my life for a team. I mean, all hey, listen, this whole thing about San Francisco last year in the NFC title game, do I know if, they, of course not. And it was a different team, different circumstances and everything. But let me tell you this, they talked a lot of stuff and they backed it up. And not only did they back it up, they backed it up and then some. This game was over. I knew at the end of the first half when it was 7-6 and they got the ball back when I believe it was like four minutes to go. I flat out said out loud, I think the next time the Eagles touch the ball with a significant chance to score points, it will be 21-6. to After that first drive, after that touchdown drive, the game changed on the 2nd and 15. If you want to blame Desai, this is where you could blame him. It was 2nd and 15. San Fran had just went 3-and-out, 3-and-out, three three which is a stunner to say out loud considering what you saw in this game. But they went 3-and-out, three 3-and-out, three 2nd and 15, and we play a prevent defense. Brandon Ayuk catches the ball for, what, 12 yards? We get a little pressure on him the next play. Kittle makes a catch off the turf for a third down. They finally get a first down. And from that point forward, the San Francisco 49ers were absolutely unstoppable. It wasn't even a fight. That is the worst defensive performance I can ever recall. They, they Hey, listen, they are much better coached than the Eagles. They have creativity on their offense. Like you watched it in full and living color. The, the motioning of Debo Samuel. How they get the ball to Christian McCaffrey. The sets they run. You know, I mean, everything they do is just so in tune. Kyle Shanahan, that was a master class of how to play offense today. And how to call an offensive game. And I watched the Eagles and I just... I see nothing even resembling that. Nothing close. I do believe, I legitimately believe our talent on offense is better than theirs. I believe their coaching on offense puts ours to shame. And that's not, by the way, because I think Jalen Hurts is light years better than Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is in the top, like, this whole idea that he's not a top 10 quarterback, that guy is a argument, like, he is going, he's going to be in the top five by the end of the season. He's excellent. He is excellent. But I mean, do I think A.J. Brown's better than Brandon Ayuk? Absolutely I do. Do I think Devontae Smith's better than Debo Samuel? Absolutely I do. Dallas Goddard didn't play. And George Kittle's an awesome, he, like he's a monster. I'd put that as a wash. I think our offensive line's better than theirs. I mean, our offensive line pass protected today is so unbelievable. Like, there were times where Hurts had 75 seconds. That one sack he took is the worst play I think he's ever made in his career. But, I mean, is Christian McCaffrey better than... Yeah, of course. He's the best running back in the league. It ain't close. But, I mean, really, go through it. The Eagles pretty much have advantage at every, at every position on offense. But the 49ers, the way they coach offense, it's just... It's almost unfair. 
And their player, it's not, and again, when I say our players are better, that's not me saying their players stink because they far from stink. They're all excellent. Like Ayuk and Samuel, they are an excellent wide receiver duo. You know, Kittle, obviously, excellent tight end. Their offense line is above average for sure. In fact, it's really good. You know, Trent Williams today, they're left tackled. Anytime they ran behind him, it was seven yards every single time. You know, I love Lane Johnson too. But I mean, they, they literally, this guy, it's like seven yards, seven yards, seven yards right behind him. And again, I'm not sitting here saying he's better than Lane Johnson by any means. I'm not saying that one single bit. But now you see why everybody debates those two as the best tackles in the league. But McCaffrey is, I mean, it's unbelievable. The injuries in Carolina, you never thought, like, I wanted him in that draft in 2017. I watched him at Stanford. I knew this guy was going to be a special player. And he's just getting better. I mean, it's easy money for him. The way he gets skinny through holes, the way he makes people miss tackles, the way he could catch the football. He just makes plays. He's so damn good, it's not even funny. And then defensively for the 49ers, like, we neutralized their pass rush today. We really did. Javon Hargrave didn't have an impact in this game. Nick Bosa didn't have an impact in this game. Chase Young didn't have an impact in this game. You know? But th their secondary was unbelievable. Yeah, I talked about them having their pass interferences, and I, I totally still believe that. Even the last play of the game, I think that on offense for us, that Thomas interfered with uh, Smith. But at the same time, I'm, I'm more in, in the camp of letting them play it on the field. If it's going to be like that, ref it both ways. And they didn't call anything on the Eagles either. But their secondary today was awesome. Javarius Ward, I mean, that guy played excellent. Cam Thomas, excellent. I mean, you'll look at our numbers and go, hey, our receivers had some success. They did. But we scored 19 points. I mean, Brock Purdy threw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. They had minus six yards in the first quarter. They only had six possessions after that. Seven, because I'm not counting the last one. So six meaning they scored a touchdown every time. I, I, I have no words. Like, it wasn't competitive. The first quarter was our, our shot. Those two field goals and not scoring touchdowns, it, that was the game. But McCaffrey today, 17 carries, 93 yards, and a touchdown. Samuel, 3 for 22 and a touchdown. 4 for 116 and two touchdowns. Kittle, 4 for 68. Ayuk, 5 for 46 and a touchdown. Jawan Jennings, 3 for 45 and a touchdown. 44, I'm sorry. McCaffrey, 3 for 40. I mean, hey, Jalen Hurts, 26 of 45, 298, and a touchdown. Yay. I mean, AJ was great, 8 for 114. Devontae, 9 for 96 and a touchdown. But then after that, it's Kenny Gainwell, 5 for 42. Like, Julio Jones has no impact on this team whatsoever. The 49ers find ways to get everybody involved in the game. The Eagles do not. Like I said, it's just superior coaching. That's what they have. They have superior coaching. And you saw it literally live in living color today. This sucked. 
It just sucked. I mean, it, it was literally a game where I think everybody could be honest with themselves. And maybe at halftime you're thinking, okay, it, it, I didn't have a good feeling. And I'd be lying to you if I said I had a great feeling against Kansas City or Buffalo. But I didn't have a good feeling. But when they went down and scored so easily to start the second half, I was like, oh, this thing's done. We're just, we're not going to put up a fight. You know, that fourth and two, when Hertz ended up getting the concussion play where he had to go into the tent, like he had to literally come out of the game for a little bit today because he was getting evaluated for a concussion. And I don't know if that's the reason they punted, but that, that has to be a go for by Sirianni. You're down two scores there. You're punting the ball back to a team that you have not stopped for over a quarter and a half. At that point, you look your defense in the eye and say, hey, we have to go for this because I think you guys are absolutely trash. I have no faith in you. I don't believe you can make a stop. I mean, really. I know people are going to talk about the Dre, the, the, the Green Law and Dom DeSandro and that whole incident on the sidelines. And it's like, you thought that would put a spark into the team. And we scored. We scored a touchdown. Made it a one-possession game right there. Get San Fran into a third and seven. He hits Ayuk on an out route. Beats Slay. That was it. That was your one chance at making this a competitive game. It was 21-13. Get off the field on that third down. Couldn't do it. And it was a perfect throw. You know, that was the other thing. It wasn't like, oh, man, this guy was throwing some freaking balls where anybody... These were some tight window throws. He found some... Like, he had some open stuff. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, this defense sucked. But, I mean, he made the big throws when he needed to make the big throws. San Francisco is the best team in the NFL. They are a complete team. I don't know where their holes are. I don't see any holes on that team. Like, everybody hoped the hole on that team was their quarterback. Well, spoiler, their quarterback is excellent. They don't win in spite of him. They win because of him. And here we are. Ten and two. Hey, you still have everything in front of you. You're still in the driver's seat. And you're going to really find out what this Eagles team's about now. Because they got their asses kicked today. But again, I will remind people of this. It goes back to 04 when we went to the Super Bowl. We were 13-1 and that year before the last two games when we had everything wrapped up and we benched our players. That was the year T.O. was here. We went and played Pittsburgh. They were 7-0. and We were, I believe, 6-1. and And the Steelers beat the living piss out of the Eagles that day. We scored three points. And then we picked ourselves up and we didn't lose another meaningful game until the Super Bowl. And I'm not sitting here saying, hey, let's not lose another meaningful game to the Super Bowl. But you got to pick yourself up. That's not who you are. And let me ask you this. When Dallas got stuffed by uh, San Francisco, they picked themselves up. And their only loss has been to us by a yard in Philadelphia since then. It's not about getting beaten like you got beaten today. That happens. It does happen in the NFL. You can get beat up quick, especially when you play a damn good team that's clicking on all cylinders, and they were clicking on all cylinders today, San Francisco. Everything they called worked. But you want to find the medal of a team? You'll find it out next week. 
Listen, San Fran lost three games earlier this year, and I know they had guys out. Well, hey, we had guys out too today. You know, it's a thin line in the NFL. You can't make up for not having great players on the field. Dallas Goddard back. Hopefully Zach Cunningham back. I don't know what's going to happen. If they sign Shaq Leonard, sure, that's great. Clearly, we have the worst linebacking crew I've ever seen play in an NFL game today. That was, they can't play. They can't play. But you, again, I just don't know if I believe in the coaching staff. Our offensive creativity, there is none. They are bland. Desai tries on defense. I give him that. He will call the occasional coverage zero. He will do some things, but the Eagles' offensive gameplay, there's nothing. They don't use motion at all. Like, you watch San Francisco do it. It just finds, opens. It, it literally, like, it creates opportunities. And it's not just that. Like I said, the quarterback's also excellent, and they don't have to always scheme guys open. Sometimes he just puts the ball there where somebody can win. But this game in Dallas just became the game of the year. Because if you lose that game, you're staring the five seed right in the face. And I don't care what you tell me about Dallas's remaining schedule. If you have to rely on other teams to take care of your business, you're not that good a team. San Fran came to Philadelphia today and said, screw it, we're going to put our name in the hat here. We want home field. We're going to make them earn it. This game wasn't in San Francisco. They beat the piss out of the Eagles in Philadelphia. So I don't want to hear the excuse, oh, you got to go to Dallas. Yeah, it sucks. They have 10 days rest. It does suck. But I mean, you might as well have taken a rest here today because you didn't put up a fight in this game whatsoever. Freak of the week? <laughs> uh, Dom DeSandro? I mean, really, he got... Really, who's the freak? I mean, really, you could give it to AJ or Devontae Smith. The two wide receivers. Yeah, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Geek of the week? Um, let's go through it. Who are the geeks of the week? Uh, we're going to go through Josh Sweat, Jalen Carter, um, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, Marlon Tuipiloto, Nolan Smith, Hassan Reddick, um, Patrick Johnson, Ben Van Sumeren, Nicholas Morrow, Christian Ellis, Darius Slay, Bradley Roby, Eli Ricks, uh, James Bradbury, Josh Job, uh, Reed Blankenship, Kevin Byard, Sidney Brown. Anybody else? I'm sure I missed somebody. Put him in. Those are your geeks of the week. No fight whatsoever from any of those guys on defense. Most pathetic performance I could recall. It's either pick yourself up or, hey, is this who you are? you the Minnesota Vikings of last year? Are you a team that, hey, you just kept winning at the gun? But, hey, are you really that good? You don't want to be called that? Well, prove it. You could prove it. That's the beautiful thing about the NFL. It's a prove-it league. They don't pick the top four teams in this league to go to the playoffs. Everything's proven. You prove it. So step the F up and prove it. Because this was pathetic. 
But next week is now all that matters. That's all that matters. You want home field? You still got it. Everything is still in front of this team. We'll find out about the coaching. We'll find out about the players. You're going to get a lot of questions answered next week because if it goes similar to this, you find out everything you need to know about this team. But if it goes the other way and the Eagles find a way to punch back and show that they are a championship caliber team, you're going to find out for sure next week in Dallas. Burn this tape. Thanks for listening. Thank you.